Our epistle reading today comes to us from Romans chapter 13 and is the basis for today's sermon. Let every person be subject to the governing authorities, for there is no authority except from God, and those that exist have been instituted by God. Therefore, whoever resists the authorities resists what God has appointed, and those who resist will incur judgment. For rulers are not a terror to good conduct, but to bad. Would you have no fear of the one who is in authority? Then do what is good, and you will receive his approval. For he is God's servant for your good. But if you do wrong, be afraid. For he who does not bear the sword in vain. For he is the servant of God, an avenger who carries out God's wrath on the wrongdoer. Therefore, one must be in subjection not only to avoid God's wrath, but also for the sake of conscience. For because of this, you also pay taxes. For the authorities are ministers of God attending to this very thing. Pay to all what is owed to them, taxes to whom taxes are owed, revenue to whom revenue is owed, respect to whom respect is owed, honor to whom honor is owed. Owe no one anything except to love each other. For the one who loves another has fulfilled the law. For the commandments, you shall not commit adultery, you shall not murder, you shall not steal, you shall not covet, and any other commandment are summed up in this word. You shall love your neighbor as yourself. Love does no wrong to a neighbor, therefore love is fulfilling of the law. This is the word of the Lord. Thanks be to God. Grace and peace to you from God our Father and our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ. Amen. Well, our lesson for today is the epistle lesson from Romans chapter 13 that Pastor Tig read for us just a few moments ago. And I know some of you are going, ugh. (laughs) Well, before we get started in today's text, we need to pause here for just a moment and admit to ourselves that we indeed are infected by the sinful world around us. Because if we don't do this, the very first sentence of our lesson, well, it is going to set our minds in a spin. So let's pause for a moment and let's broaden our horizon. Let us fly a little higher so we can see the horizon, where we have been and where we are going. At the beginning of chapter 12, Paul exhorts the members of the church to present their bodies as a living sacrifice, holy and acceptable to God. To do this thing, he bids the church to not allow themselves to be conformed to the world, but to allow the transforming renewal of their minds through God's word. Paul tells us to be part of the body of God that he has designed us to be. By rejoicing in the hope that is before us, by being patient in tribulation and constant in prayer. He bids us to be genuine in love, to forgive one another and meet each other's needs. To not only love God, but to love his church, to love each other, your neighbor, and your community. Do not think too highly of yourself and live in peace with one another, never avenging yourself. And if your enemy has a need, well, meet it. 
Bless, do not curse. Overcome evil with good. This seems so law-driven, but in reality, it is the response of faith. It is faith in Jesus, the one who has been to the cross to fulfill the redemption of our sin. That is what makes it possible for us to show genuine love to each other, to the church, to the church, and to our neighbors in our community. And today, Paul adds the government that is over you. Now, before you go, ugh. Think of who Paul is speaking to. The original context. This is a living network of house churches mixed with both Jews and Gentiles in the capital city of the Roman Empire. Nero is the emperor, and he is not the friendliest of rulers. They're probably living with differing opinions regarding how they should respond to this pagan government that seems hell-bent on their destruction. And it is here that Paul tells them to be living sacrifices. Our Lord has sacrificed everything for us. And He has given us life. Why shouldn't we in return sacrifice everything for each other? It is in this light that we hear, let every person be subject to the governing authorities. Pay taxes to whom taxes are owed, revenue to whom revenue is owed, respect to whom respect is owed, honor to whom honor is owed. I know that for some, this sets your teeth on edge. Because when you heard these words, governing authorities, what was the first thing that popped into your head? Was it your love or hate for the government that just burst forth? Well, if so, then you were then I want you right now to act like you are hearing a diamond record needle being pulled across a vinyl record and stop. Abruptly stop your mind. Why? Because the world has been very effective in telling us who our God is. That's God with a little tiny G. When we hear that we are subject to the governing authorities, every single little thing that rubs us wrong about our government just springs to life. And what government are you thinking of? The federal government? Of course. We have been well conditioned by our news and social media of our time to look to the federal level for all things. We quickly forget that there are other levels of government over us. Yes, our culture points us to a small g God. This is why Paul tries to immediately pull our heads out of the weeds. 
to remove our immediate thoughts from all those ills we see in our government. He wants to send us soaring high so that we can see that there is no authority except from God. And those that exist have been instituted by God. Well, who is God? The psalmist helps us out this morning as he writes, O Lord, our God, how majestic is your name in all the earth. You have set your glory above the heavens. When I look at your heavens, the work of your fingers, the moon and the stars, which you have set in place. What is man that you are mindful of him? And the son of man that you care for him. Oh, Lord, our Lord, how majestic is your name in all the earth. God is the God of creation. He has determined its design and order. God is the God of you and of me, and yes, even of your political representatives, even if they don't know it yet. Which means that obedience to the authorities that Paul is calling for is really reverence and obedience to God. So are you out of the weeds yet? Are you properly focused on God and not the government he put in place for your good? No? Well, then hear the Apostle Paul from his letter to the Ephesians where he writes... And what is the immeasurable greatness of his power toward us who believe? According to the working of his great might that he worked in Christ when he raised him from the dead and seated him at the right hand in the heavenly places, far above all rule and authority and power and dominion, above every name that is named, not only in this age, but also in the one to come. And he put all things under his feet and gave him head over all things to the church, which is his body. The fullness of him who fills all in all. So are you out of the weeds yet? Do you see that God is in control of his handiwork? He is the one who has created the heavens of the earth. It is he who has established the governments. The governments did not evolve because we humans saw a need. The institution of government is part of God's divine ordering. This means that all governing authorities have a derived authority. It is not inherently theirs. It is given by God. Scripture teaches this. And not only by our text today, hear what the Old Testament prophet Daniel told King Nebuchadnezzar. The Most High rules the kingdom of men and gives it to whom he will. The Gospel of Luke records that Jesus answered Pilate, You would have no authority over me unless it had been given you from above. From the very lips of our Lord. 
Those placed in authority over us are dependent upon and responsible to God for the exercise of their authority. One of our church fathers by the name of Origen said, nobody will deny that our senses, sight, sound, and thought are given to us by God. But although we get them from God, what we do with them is up to us. God will judge us righteously for having abused what he gave to us to use for good. Likewise, God's judgment against the authorities will be just if they have used their powers they have received according to their own ungodliness and not according to the laws of God. This means that God does not predetermine the actions of those he has entrusted such authority. Therefore, the wickedness of rulers does not come from God but from those God has placed. Yet God does use the actions of rulers to advance the coming of his kingdom. And to see this, we need to get even higher still. Do you remember the orders of the kingdoms of the world since Daniel? The Babylonians who were responsible for Daniel's exile, and then the Persians who defeated the Babylonians and returned the remnant of Israel to Jerusalem. And then the Greeks, then the Romans. Not only did God use these kingdoms to preserve that remnant of a faithful Israel and the lineage of Jesus, the coming Messiah, But God used these kings to prepare the way for the gospel to go forth. The Greeks brought a common language to the world which became the business language of the world for centuries. The Roman Empire built roads wherever they went. And despite the abuses of these governments, the commonly known Greek language and the Roman roads gave the church the ability to go and make disciples in all nations. stay up here at 10,000 feet and let it sink in that God gave us government for his purposes. And what is the role of government? Well, Paul tells us to maintain order for the good of the people and to punish those who do evil. Paul calls them a terror to bad conduct. Paul does use the metaphor of the sword, which often gets translated into corporal punishment, but Paul means to say that governments have the authority to punish us for wrongdoing. Simply enough, do wrong and get punished. Yet Paul writes, one must be in subjection, not only to avoid God's wrath, but also for the sake of conscience. Conscience is that part of our inner voice that tells us right from wrong. And if your mind has been renewed by God's word, then you know that in view of the mercies of God, you are transformed into the likeness of Christ and you will recognize, your conscience will recognize civil authority as God's authority. And you will seek to obey the government you find yourself living under. Active rebellion will leave your mind for active rebellion against God's servant placed over us is active rebellion against God. So we are conscience-bound to submit to their governing authority. So I know what you're thinking. 
So what if a government official is trying to enforce a law that contradicts God's word? Well, Peter's words in Acts chapter 5 are clear. We must obey God rather than men. And while it is not true for a lot of the world, here in the United States, we do have the right to peacefully, peacefully seek redress against the government. So yes, if there is an unjust law, we should seek to overturn it peacefully. And if you choose peaceful, civil disobedience, then you must be prepared to receive the punishment brought by those who are in authority over you. Now there is so much more here today that we just do not have time to unpack. But I do want to leave you with this. Because Romans chapter 12 and 13 are coming together. And in light of this section that starts in chapter 12, we see that we are to be about bringing the kingdom of God into the world in our moment of time. Through the continuing debt to love one another because God has first loved us. There's no need to fret or to worry No matter what happens to you, you already have peace with God. For it is God the Father who sent the Son to be the propitiation for our sin on the cross of Calvary. He is the only one who is the only perfect and complete sacrifice for our sin. Peace with God is already won. There's no more that you need to do. But more than that, Jesus has been raised from the grave, defeating death itself. He is ascended into heaven and is sitting at the right hand of the Father where he alone has all authority over heaven and earth. He is in control. So honor, respect, and yes, love those in authority he has placed over you. His plan and purpose are being worked out through the governments that he has established. Even if you think those in power are corrupt, inept, and maybe even bumbling, spend your time bringing the kingdom of God into this moment of time by rejoicing with those who rejoice and weeping with those who weep. Serve one another forgive one another speak the gospel obey the government and work to maintain good order for the common good for all of this is not only loving god it is loving one another it is fulfilling the law and remember stay at ten thousand feet Jesus has all authority and all things under his feet. He's got it. All that's left is to bring some more transformed souls into his kingdom by the power of his word and his sacraments. Thanks be to God. Amen. Now I'd like to point us to our awakening question for this week, and it is simply this. How does God's authority change the way you view earthly authority?